You are listening to episode 12 of the Breaking Down Business podcast. Welcome to Breaking Down Business, a podcast produced on behalf of the Kent State College of Business Administration by adjunct marketing instructor and CEO of All Good Marketing, Christopher Barnett. In this series, we connect listeners to our experts who share the latest on high-impact research and best practices in business. We bring relevant and timely business topics to you every other week. This is Breaking Down Business with your host, Chris Barnett. On this episode of Breaking Down Business, we hear from Drew Sellers, EDM, CMA Chair of the Department of Accounting at Kent State's College of Business Administration. Drew shares with us highlights on the accounting program, including career trajectories for accounting students and the newly launched online Master of Science in Accounting program. Dr. Drew Sellers is an associate professor in the accounting department at Kent State University, where he teaches accounting information systems to undergraduate and graduate students. His research focuses on socialization and social structure in the accounting profession, particularly the dynamics of social networks within firms. He has presented his work at numerous conferences and published articles in journals such as Accounting Horizons, Behavioral Research in Accounting, and Managerial Auditing Journal. Dr. Sellers, it's great to have you here today on Breaking Down Business. Uh, It's good to be here, Chris. Well, let's get started. I know that there's some topics that I'm excited to get to, but we'll start with um, your professional background. Well, um, I'm actually a Kent State alum. So I, uh, many years ago, graduated from Kent and uh, started to work in what was then uh, the big eight accounting firms. Um, they're now called the big four. Right? The, there were some mergers that occurred uh, over the years. And I spent 20 years there, was a partner in one of the firms, uh, primarily doing consulting work for our clients. Uh, and that was a, it was a great career, a lot of fun, a lot of uh, interesting experiences and, you know, working um, really all over the country and, and later in my career internationally. Um, and then after that, I had my, uh, my own firm, a small, uh, small organization with about 50 people and a, and a partner. Did that for five or six years. And um, then I decided to, uh, that I would like to uh, change careers or have an opportunity to, to do something a little bit differently. Um, and so I decided I'd get a, a doctorate degree and become a professor. And uh, so I applied and was accepted at, at Case Western uh, Reserve University and started their doctoral program. And kind of the same, uh, virtually the same time I started the doctoral program, a friend of mine uh, that I had worked with in, in my public um, career had um, contacted me and said, hey, I need some help. He had, he had uh, assumed a job, at, you know, was leading a sort of a growth stage uh, healthcare company. So um, I said, well, sure, I'll, you know, I'll come help. I, I'm doing this doctoral thing, but it probably won't take that much time, which is a pretty silly thing for me to say. <laughs> but anyway, so I, I worked, I, I worked with my, my friend for seven years, got my, finished my doctorate in three. And then, um, and then we kind of uh, wrapped that up and, and um, an opportunity came at, at Kent State of all places. So I returned kind of coming back home so and, yeah, an yeah. alumni returns to the 
to returns to the university. Yeah. You're an alum. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been here 10 years. I, you know, it's just been a great experience. It's fun to, fun to be back on campus. Very good. Well, what was it that, that made you return to Kent? Was it, was it just all nostalgia? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so Kent, so Kent State Accounting Department offers degrees in a bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees, right? And, um, and I really, it, when I got my undoctorate, you, I was, in, you learn how to do research, you know, sort of rigorous uh, research and advanced math and, and advanced social um, science. And, and that intrigued me because I had, uh, from my years in business, I had lots of questions that I thought would be fun to look at. And so I really, when I was uh, wrapping up my, my work uh, at the healthcare company, I really wanted to try and find a school that had a doctoral program where I could work with PhD students, as well as, you know, working with undergraduates. I mean, there's, it's fun to work with both levels. And, um, and so it just, it happened to work out that, that uh, Kent had someone, uh, an opening that fit kind of my experience and, and skill set. So it was, you know, it was a little bit of luck, but a lot of, uh, a lot of good luck, I guess, on, on everybody's part. Very good. So have you had the opportunity then to work with a lot of PhD candidates? Yeah, we, you know, we have, um, so for, so when you get a doctorate, people that are getting doctorates in accounting are doing so to become accounting professors. So, uh, you know, in some fields, uh, you know, uh, research scientists or medicine or something, right, you get the doctorate to practice in that field. But in accounting, that's really, you're saying I'm going to become a, a professor. And so, um, there's, when, when we have the students, we only have a few at a time. We may have, you know, eight or 10 PhD students at any point in time going through the process. And they end up being assigned to different professors to help out with your research and to help with your, you know, you get them involved in teaching. So you're sort of, it's almost a, an apprenticeship model, right? Where we're teaching them uh, how to be, how to be professors, right? How to do good research, how to work with students, how to, be good in the classroom and that's right. a lot of fun right right oh absolutely so then those who are not phd candidates are are they're um studying to become certified public accountants is that correct yeah so that most of the people that come take a bachelor's and master's and or master's degree in accounting are looking to do accounting work in the accounting profession and um you the kind of the the gold standard is the CPA, the Certified Public Accountant, right? Uh, and and a CPA is is a licensed professional, so you get a license from the state that you practice in, just like a doctor or an attorney uh, gets a license from the state where they're practicing. And so, um, so probably a little over half of our graduates are going to work in public accounting, that is, as CPAs, and the other half are going to work in the in industry or government. Um, doing the accounting that the CPAs review. Right? Okay, so they're working for government. So many of the accountants are working for government agencies. Yeah, we have students who, who end up working for like the Comptroller of the Currency, which is the group that regulates and inspects banks or uh, the auditor for the state of Ohio, or um, we have an alum who's a the head finance person at uh, the high school that he, that he went, you know, the, the school district where he went to high school. Um, you know, we have a 
one who's a, a, an agent with the FBI, right? I mean, if you think of money laundering, organized crime, all of those sorts of things, right? The, it, uh, the FBI recruits, they have six targeted majors, accounting is one of them in terms of you know, people they're looking for. So, so no kidding. So if you want to work for the FBI, accounting is a, an inroad. Oh, it definitely is, right? And, and um, you know, and we have, we have an annual recruiting event every fall where we bring in people that hire our students that look you know, either for internships or full-time jobs. And we'll have all of the major public accounting firms there. We'll have regional public accounting firms. We'll have industry, you know, groups or, you know, companies like, like Smuckers or Progressive Insurance. Or, and then we'll have government agencies, including the FBI, the Internal Revenue Service, the state of Ohio, different, different groups like this. So it's, it's really, I mean, people think you study accounting, you're going to be a CPA. Well, yeah, that's one, one option, right? But there's a lot of other alternatives. Who would have thought that accounting would be so, so? Uh, I was going to say sexy, but you don't want to say sexy. <laughs> who who knew that accounting would be such a uh, dangerous business to get in? <laughs> <laughs> what are some of the? I'm interested to know some of the roles and responsibilities that a certified public accountant has sure. on day to day. Yeah. So so. Um... So this, the, the certified public accountants serve this function of um, ensuring our trust in the financial information that companies present. Right? And so if you think about a company, large or small, right, they, they, they have their internal accounting operations to, to keep score, if you will, right, on how their business is doing or how their school is doing or their foundation or whatever, right? Um, and that information is really important to a host of decision makers. Obviously, the company itself, right, as they're trying to make decisions, but it's also important to the government. So think the IRS, right, or other agencies that are regulating or taxing. Right? It's important to lenders, so banks that, or bondholders that are going to lend money to the company. And if it's a publicly traded company, you know, listed on the stock exchange, then that information is critical for the investors. And so the CPA. CPA's role in all of this is to go in and inspect the financial information that the company is publishing, right, and certify that it represents, it fairly represents, you know, what happened in the business. So that's number one. That, and the, we call that the attest or the audit function. They go in and audit and look at what all the details and, and then attest or certify that it's correct. Um, in addition, then the CPA firms will do help companies with taxes. If you think about how complicated our own taxes are, right? I mean, right. <laughs> imagine a business that, that's operating in multiple states, and, and so you've got state and local tax issues. Maybe you're op, you, know, you have operations in, in Canada or Europe or somewhere, so now I've got international tax issues. And, um, and so the CPA firms also are very involved in helping companies comply with tax. And then because they have all this knowledge of their clients, they also provide uh, specialized expertise in, in, in a host of areas, like when you're looking to merge or acquire businesses or implement new technology to better manage your business or whatever. And so that the consulting piece was actually what I did in my 20 year, my 20 year career. Okay, very good. Now, much of your, you have this great knowledge of all of these opportunities, and I know much of your academic research is focused on 
best practices for becoming a professional accountant. How has that, how has your research, how do you apply that to your teaching and to building curriculum for the accounting? Yeah, well, so I would, I'd start with understanding what accounting is, right? So accounting is really, if you look at what we do, right, we, we measure, we analyze, and we communicate. So, so it's, it's that, you know, what happened? How do we take all these events and, and record them in a way that makes sense? And then how do we apply now, apply technology, right? advanced technologies to analyze them? And then we have to communicate them to people, right, to, so that they can make decisions with that information. And so when, when I look at, I mean, I can think of a couple of research projects that I've uh, concluded recently where we've looked at, uh, for instance, we've looked at how the introduction of technology has changed the way people learn to become accountants. Right? So when I started, you, you went out <laughs> back in the dark ages. No, but when I started, you, you went to the client, right? And, and you were part of a team and, you know, they gave you, some, you know, they gave you a little bit of uh, coaching and you had some work to do. And then, you know, after a few months, they gave you some new stuff to work on. Right. And so it was really a learn by doing environment. Right? And, right. and your work became progressively more complicated. So if you were in tax, maybe you, you did a real simple tax return or part of a simple tax return. And, you know, within a few months you were doing more complicated pieces or, you know, and eventually you're doing a return for, you know, you're, you're part of a team doing a return for a global business. Right. So with the advent of technology, much of that initial work right, is automated now. So, you know, so much of the measurement and, and that initial measurement activity is, is computerized. We have software that grabs the data, that cleans it up, and that puts it in the right buckets, if you will, right? And right. So, so that's that one of our research questions was, well, how are people learning to become professionals, right, and gather all that knowledge? You know, you start with what we, what we give them in college, but then there's a, that next level of knowledge to really become a consummate professional. In the old days, you did it gradually sort of in this apprenticeship model, you learned by doing. And what we see, what our research shows is that there's less opportunity for learn by doing, and people are now having to learn by reviewing what comes out of the computers. And so it's a learn by reviewing instead of learn by doing model. And there's some areas where that works really well, there's some areas where it's not quite as effective, and and that's the subject of the next project, right? To figure out <laughs> what do we do about that, right? All right. Yeah. Right. So, so that's one example. And, and I'll give you one more. So um, I've done a lot of work around social networks, uh, you know, connections that professionals have. In my in, in the research that I do, it's in the context of an accounting firm, right? Not sure. Not, sure. Uh, you know, who, who's your buddy on Instagram or what, <laughs> what TikTok videos do you watch, right? Your um, Instagram following. Yeah. But um, it, it turns out that this, the, the professional network you have is, is very important to your success in, you know, as a professional and in particular in times of stress. So we, I studied companies that had um, traumatic events, right? And looked at what happened to the people who had to leave, you know, where the company blew up, right? Right. And, and what, what we found were that the people who had um, 
wider spreading networks, right? Not close, tight networks, but more diverse networks, right? More different contexts actually did better, right? They had better outcomes, career outcomes, um, and, and were more pleased with their outcomes, right? And so, right. yeah. Can I ask one question about sure. that? When you say diverse, do you mean, when you say diverse, do you mean geographically diverse or uh, uh, expertise diverse we, or we, company? Yeah, yeah, we looked at it as um, expertise and level diversity. If okay. That makes sense, right? And so, so you're so you're a new, relatively new staff person, right? And if your friends were all the new staff people that you worked with, and that was your main. I mean, that's obviously going to be a large portion of your connections, right? But if you had right. connections with maybe some a couple of managers or a partner, or right, I mean, so so level diverse and then functionally diverse. Maybe I knew somebody in tax, even though I was in audit, right? So you right. start to see those kind of networks that are um that are sparse right they're they're not like all clumped together you have a, a wider network so, right and that it, it makes sense because that gives you if if you and i and 10 other buddies only talk to each other right i mean right. we know everything about each other but the rest of the world is kind of a black box to us right sure whereas sure. if you know if i know you and then I know somebody else, but I, you know, but we don't necessarily run in the same circles. I have access to a lot more diverse information. Right. right. And so right. at times of when I'm having to make a career decision or, or I'm facing a complex, you know, issue at work, right. I have more uh, resources, more different resources to draw on. That's very cool. Yeah. I would love to see that research. Is there a place our, our listeners can go to? <laughs> No. <laughs> no. Okay. Yes, there is. They're published in these journals, but these are journals that only my twenty-five best friends read. <laughs> <laughs> That's a small network. It I don't a, know. That. <laughs> it, it, it's uh, one. Truthfully, one of the challenges we have in in um, business research is how do we take the insights we gain and translate them from the technical jargon of research right into. Yeah. Um, into, layman, or, yeah, layman terms or or, or, or concepts that professionals can at least use, right? And that's, um, and, and so that's that's always a fun thing because it takes somebody that can bridge the two worlds, right? The, right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Well, I want to get back a little bit to something you mentioned earlier about how the the nature of accounting is changing, and you you use the example of. There used to be kind of like an apprenticeship model where, you know, you would have the ability to learn by doing. And now it's more learned by analyzing, right? Mm -hmm. um, I know that um, additional changes have required a significant update to the CPA exam. Um, it's rolling out in, what, two years, I believe. So can you tell us what's being changed and how you're prepping students for this change? Yeah, sure. So the, so the CPA, so to become a certified public accountant, right, there's an exam that you have to take, a CPA exam, and it, um, and, you know, and it's a bear, right? I mean, that's, uh -huh. uh, and the, the, um, the CPA exam has four parts to it, plus uh, once you pass those four parts, then there's an, an ethics, a final ethics component. 
And, and the four parts address auditing, they address taxation, um, financial reporting, so all of the sort of nuts and bolts of the accounting that goes into financial statements, and then kind of all other accounting, right? uh, you know, kind of the day-to-day -day business accounting, if you will. Um, and so, you know, periodic, I mean, the exam changes a little bit all the time, right? They're always testing new questions, taking some out, what have you. And, um, and it's a standard exam that we, that you could take. Uh, it's the same exam, no matter what state you take it in and are licensed in. Uh, so it's a standardized exam, but they've been working. It started about uh, two years ago. They looked at it and said, you know, we have, the, the technology has really impacted the profession you know, kind of how we're working is changing, the skill set that people are, are, we need people to develop is changing, and we need to adjust the exam. And so uh, it's a, been a long process, is, you know, something like that, but it will roll out in two years. And so the, the core, those four areas of knowledge will, con will continue kind of in the core of the exam. So continue to have that exam, that those components, but then they're adding um, imagine a skin to the apple or something, right? They're adding this, this additional areas and they're going to be uh, three other areas and you pick one of them you want to be tested in. So okay. it could be tax, it could be financial analysis and reporting, it could be information technology. So one of those three skill areas they want. So they're, they're looking to maintain this uh, core accounting knowledge, but also encourage people to go a little deeper in one of those areas. And so that's changing in, in doing that, right? Material that's in the core will go to the periphery, we'll add new material in the core, we have these new things outside. And, and it, it's, um, so as a university, as an as a accounting department, we have to say, how do we react to that, right? How do we change the curriculum so that we're making sure that our graduates are prepared to, to succeed, right? So, so the, you know, when we look at a, a major rollout, new rollout of the CPA exam, right, it has a big impact on the on potentially on our curriculum and what we're teaching the students so that they can be successful. And um, and so you have the exam rolling out in in two years, and we have to you know uh, adjust our curriculum so that as as people that are coming, you know, new students are coming in, that they're getting the preparation they need to succeed. And um, and that's always a, that's always a tricky thing. Now we're fortunate; we have one of our professors, Dr. Teets, who is is chairing, co-chairing the uh, committee that um, creates the model curriculum. Right. So the uh, the uh, American Institute of Certified Public Accountants, the AICPA, sponsors this development of a model curriculum. And so one of the Kent professors is helping do that, which which is great because it gives us some early insight into. Okay, how do how are we going to have to adjust things, right? Right, right. Very good. All right. So, Kent State University is one of only three schools in Ohio to offer accounting programs at undergraduate, graduate, and PhD levels. What else makes Kent State University's account accounting program unique? Well, I think the. Um... I would give. I would say there's there's three things I'd want to touch on. Right? One one would be the, the faculty, and so I, I mentioned Professor Keats in terms of uh, you know her role. But we have faculty that um, are very involved 
in developing curriculum. We have faculty that write textbooks, right? So that people use all over the country and, and the world. Uh, and we have faculty that have uh, years and years of professional experience, like, like myself, right? So we have you know, other uh, people that have been partners in regional accounting firms or done the tax education for a global firm. So I think when you look at the, at the diversity and quality of the faculty we have, it, it's, you know, it stacks up well. Uh, and, you know, and part of that is, uh, you know, being, having, a, you know, a good sized university behind you, right, in terms of Kent, and having, a, um, educating students at all three levels, right? So that, that requires, you know, faculty that are specialized in different areas. So I would say the faculty is really um, one of the things that makes, you know, makes the accounting department especially strong. And then our, our alumni, um, network is is um, just a wonderful resource it's a great resource it's a great resource for the faculty in terms of you know wanting if you if you want a speaker to come in and talk about something right you you can have one of your former students in the classroom saying oh here's how uh, what was an example a couple semesters ago had somebody in who works for one of the banks right and they and they're tasked with detecting money laundering and and we were talking. It was a we were talking about systems controls and whatever. And I thought that's kind of a cool thing, right? I mean, right, you know, absolutely. Right. So so we have somebody in talking about. Well, here's here's the technology we use, and the algorithms that we're looking at to detect potential money laundering, right? That so that's so that alumni network is a resource for the faculty. It's a great resource for our students, right? So I talked about the Meet the Accountants Night event, the recruiting event. So almost. Most of the people that, uh, if you can imagine a, a huge ballroom with all these tables and, and people, you know, our students there dressed up and with their resumes and their, you know, best, uh, you know, suit and tie or, or dress right. or whatever, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, the people on the other side of the table are mostly former students, right? And it's, it's a total kick as a professor because you get to go around and see your current students you know, looking their best, right? Trying to, you know, trying to land an internship. <laughs> and then, you know, you're looking at the people they're talking to going, oh, yeah, I remembered when you, you know, <laughs> struggled in my class <laughs> right? or whatever. So, no, but it's really that, right. that faculty, uh, that, or rather that alumni network is such a great resource for the students. Sure. Right? And um, so I think that's, I think that's, a, you know, kind of a secondary. And then, uh, you know, this isn't unique to the accounting department, but I just think that, uh, and I'm obviously biased on this being an alum, but I think Kent State is just a wonderful spot. It's it is uh, it's got the resources of a big university, right? But you're set in this nice sized town. It's a you know beautiful campus. It's safe. It's it's just um, it has a has sort of a small feel for a big university. And I think so. I think that may, that may, that's a great benefit to our students or to any any of the students on campus. So why would you get a master's in accounting and who who would get a master's in accounting? Who's a good fit for this? Well, well those, are, those are good questions. So um, the, the master's of accounting, there's a couple of reasons why you would get a master's of accounting. The first is if you're interested in becoming a certified public accountant, a CPA, right? Uh, in order to um, be licensed as a CPA, you need 150 credit hours. A bachelor's degree typically is 120 credit hours, so you need 
you know, one more year or actually two more semesters, right? And so many people will, um, will come in and just go straight through. We have a program where we can admit them as they're uh, in the bachelor's program and they just finish out the last two semesters, right? And now they have all the credits they need to be licensed as a CPA. So that's one reason, and, and it's a great reason. The other thing we see is people that have, um, that have a bachelor's in accounting, they've been out, they've worked for a few years, and they're wanting to kind of take their career to the next level. And so they'll come back for the master's. Now, you know, you get a, really they're wrestling with, do I get an MBA or an MSA, right? A, a master's in business administration. And what we find is that the markets, we think value specialized master's degrees more than the general master's degree. And um, for people that are, have interests in accounting and finance and you know, working in government or law enforcement, we think that that, that MSA degree is really a, a good tool, a good next step for them. So people that want to be CPAs, people that have worked for a little while and want to kind of, you know, take their career to the next level. And then there's a, a third group, which are people who, who didn't get an undergraduate degree in accounting, right? And so um, I can think of a really good student I had uh, a couple years ago who had a political science degree. And, and she went out you know, did a little work in, in uh, politics and decided that maybe wasn't what she wanted to do as a career, right? Or as a, maybe a passion, but not a career. Um, and so she came back and and got a master's degree in accounting. And, and in that case, you, you know, I guess you could come back and get a second bachelor's degree, uh, but then you have to repeat a whole bunch of, you know, kind of undergraduate stuff that you don't really need. And so for those people, it takes a little bit longer. So it's not two semesters. It's typically it takes them four, depends on what they come in with, but three or four semesters in total. But, but now they have a master's degree. They have um, the qualifications to sit for a CPA exam if that's, that's their interest. And they've kind of redirected their career into a, an area that's, uh, you know, m more um, better job opportunities, better long-term career opportunities maybe than, than uh, you know, what their bachelor's was in. So we see those three reasons are primarily why people do it. Okay, very good. Now, you mentioned that you're revamping the master's program. What's happening there? Why? Yeah, well, um, a couple of things. The As we talked before, the CPA exam is uh, changing. The nature of the CPA exam is changing in a couple of years. And so, and we also looked at the, the nature of how people um, want to receive education and the flexibility, especially, uh, you know, master's level graduate students need. And so we decided to um, let our students uh, take the material, right, to deliver the content online. And so, um, so one major change is that you can, uh, which is really nice for people that work full time, right, they don't have to try and, you know, drive somewhere after work or whatever, they can take the, con the, the course content online. There are also some face-to-face -face electives they can take if they want to, but, but you, know, you don't have to. So we give them flexibility in terms of how to receive the, the information. And then at the same time, we're revamping the content itself. So the, the, you know, the profession continues to change. Uh, the CPA exam is changing. And so we've, uh, we've shifted the content a little bit. Uh, we've added some extra um, electives. And so there's, it, you know, it's, it, the master's degree, as, as we conceive it now, is much more than just debits and credits, right? I, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, yes, there's, you know, some nuts and bolts accounting in here, but there's a lot of analytics and 
um, how do you communicate uh, you know uh, and and help people make effective decisions right how do we use the, the financial information that we're that we're working with uh, and so we have uh, you know we have additional data analytics we have additional strategic planning uh, kinds of electives that that supplement kind of the core um, accounting focus that you need for say the CPA exam or CMA exam. Okay, very good. All right. So how long does it take to earn an MSA? So the MSA takes two, you know, assuming you have a bachelor's degree in accounting takes two semesters, typically, you can, it, you know, it's flexible. So an individual that doesn't want to go full time wants to do it, you know, part time can stretch it out, right. Um, and in addition, you know, we have, we have scholarships that are available to help people uh, you know, defray the cost. And many times people that are working also get uh, some support from their employers. So, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, it, you know, what we're trying to do is, is um, make it flexible and affordable and, and, um, and timely in the sense that you can, you can um, somebody that's working full time can adjust the pace. Somebody that has a concentrated set of time available and wants to get it done quickly can also do that. Very good. All right. Now, what are what are you seeing in terms of placement for students once they graduate? Well, we don't have enough students, <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, it, it, it's very good. I mean, what what happens is many of our students, their junior year, will come to this event in September, the Meet the Accountants Night event, and then the goal is to get internships and in accounting. A lot of our internships are actually in the spring. So if you think about, you know, finding fiscal year ends are 1231. So the audits are all being done in that first quarter. Uh, the taxes are due in April or sometimes they're extensions, but a lot of tax work has to get done by, you know, so, so that, so when they want interns, when the public accounting firms want interns is in the spring. So we have, um, we have students that'll get there, uh, come in with, you know, with only a few accounting classes at that point, right? And, right? and get an internship with the firm. And then many of the times they'll do their internship in the spring and then they'll take classes in the summer so they don't fall behind, right? So we offer some of the same classes in the spring and the summer, right? So they can stay on schedule. But many of the times they'll, if they do well in the internship, the firm will give them a job offer, you know, that's for a year and a half, from then or whatever, right? Whenever you finished up all of your all of your education, here's your job offer, which is really a cool thing, right? To be a right. you know, be a junior and say, okay, you know, I know where <laughs> I'm gonna work. Right? You're set, right. Yeah. But but even and then um but and then there are summer internships. So if you look at the you know more government and industry kinds of employers, they their internship programs are typically more in the summer. Um, so there right. are some summer internships, just depending on what you're interested in. And, and then, like I said, I mean, there's a, there's a fair amount of demand, right? Um, you know, it, across all these different, you know, kind of across all these different areas. I mean, because it's, you know, every organization of any size, right, needs, needs an accounting function. Right? And, <laughs> That's and, right. And, and it's, it, you know, the, you know, the technology is changing what we do. It's, it's automating you know more and more of the bookkeeping kind of tasks if you will and the basic data capture you know so right so so the the need for um, 
So on the one hand, those kind of jobs are going away, but the need for people that can take the measurements, validate it, analyze it, turn it into useful information, and then communicate it effectively, right, is, is you know, really high, right? That we need the people that can help people make sense of the information. Right. Okay. Very good. So they're kind of retranslating that data into something that's either actionable or understandable. Yeah. Hopefully <laughs> yeah. both, right? Yeah. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So where can, uh, where can prospective students learn more about the accounting programs at Kent State University? Well, if you go to Kent State's website, kent.edu, right, you can look at the College of Business. So kent.edu slash business. And there you'll see, you know, a list of all the different colleges or departments and accounting is one of them, right? So if you really like to type the whole thing out, it would be kent.edu slash business slash accounting. Awesome. Well, very good. Well, thank you. Thank you, Dr. Sellers. We're really glad to have you on the show. It was really informative. And there are a couple of things I want to talk to you about offline <laughs> to learn more about in, in, in terms of your research. So thank you. Thanks so much for joining oh, us. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Breaking Down Business. For more information on Kent State's accounting program, visit kent.edu forward slash business forward slash accounting. Thank you for joining us for Breaking Down Business, brought to you by the Kent State College of Business Administration, offering 10 undergraduate majors, online and in-person MBA programs, and a comprehensive PhD program. Learn more about the many ways to pursue a business education at Kent State at kent.edu forward slash business.